Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. One of the things that I've struggled as I've built success champions and try to put all this together was managing the schedule and getting that all dialed in. And there's just so many moving parts and so many things coming in from different directions, but it sometimes can get really hard figuring out what's the next thing I should do or how should I put things in a proper place and time. And I often find myself, if I don't sit down and plan what to do next, of kind of this death spiral of everything going to fucking haywire because I'm not laser focused in on what needs to get done. Well, I, I think it's really easy for uh, entrepreneurs and business people in general to become very reactive in how they are running their business because you, you start bringing on clients, you start uh, doing fulfillment and you start reacting to what they need and you get really focused on that piece of the pie and, and you stop really thinking about what do I need to do next? What are the actions I need to do to move forward? And it becomes very reactive and you end up in this cycle of where you're you're just trying to tread water. Yeah, I think that's where yeah. the phrase, you know, firefighter comes from is you're just putting out one fire after another. Yep. And uh, I think because, you know, oftentimes when we work for other people, there's kind of, hey, this has to get done today type thing that now you're out on your own, that there's a plethora of things that we don't necessarily put a priority over each individualized thing. We give everything the same priority yep. and, and that's what hurts us. Well, and, and I think even if you're not in the cycle of just firefighting, you know, you can get in that cycle of, hey, I'm bringing on clients, I'm generating additional revenue, but I'm not actually scaling my business. So you're still just being reactive and you get in this, that type of cycle where, yeah, I, I, uh, I finish one client, I bring on another one. I add on another one and now we've grown a little bit, but now I'm doing more stuff. And you never actually get to that point where you're actually looking at, all right, so what do I need to do to take this company to that next level? And people really under, uh, have issue differentiating that whole concept that growth and scaling 
aren't the same thing. Right. That you can grow your company and not necessarily be scaling your business. Well, let's so, be honest. I think a lot of people are trying to recreate a job environment. You know, they like the level of, of work they potentially did work for somebody else, but now they're like, I get to call my own shots and I get to do my own thing. So in doing that, they're, they're, you know, trying to recreate this atmosphere, but under their own terms, they're not truly thinking about scaling a business. They're thinking about how can I make more money than I did in the past and work the only hours I want to work. So they're caught up in that growth mindset versus a scaling mindset, which should be a whole dynamic. We should talk about at one point um, having yep. a growth mindset versus scale mindset, but <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's, it's really that thing. Are you trying to actually build a company or are you trying to just get an income coming in that allows you to do things a little bit better than you did before? So where, when was the point in your life that you had that realization? It was probably closer to three years into business. We'd already launched SDN and we were getting that dialed into uh, becoming a, a real business. And we were starting to see a lot of growth inside of Success Champions Networking. And I think at some point I kind of looked up and I said, holy shit, this is actually a business versus all the other activity I hadn't realized that I was just trying to replace an income versus actually build something. And then once I got it dialed into that, I was building, I was building a company, things really started to shift. And I started looking at things more from, all right, how do we actually scale this thing? What does this look like on volume? And I think for a while we came out the gate really, really strong. All right, let's growth, 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 growth. And I think now we're at the point of we're kind of dialing it back in. Let's get it right. Right. Let's get the systems in place. Let's get the everything put in place. Let's shift. Let's start making priority of our time, getting the right things done, getting the right things figured out so we can actually scale the hell out of this thing. But it took me about three years, if I were completely honest. And then it took, you know, it feeling finally like a business for me to shift that mentality. What about you? Uh, so mine was actually a little bit more recent. I had kind of always had this feeling that we were scaling uh, and, and I was living in that world uh, in my head. But then I listened to that uh, YouTube video you sent me from Alex Ramosi and where he was talking about, you know, you can't effectively scale if you're trying to sell three things. You got to do one thing, get really great at that and generate revenue and scale. And now you can do the other things. I'm like, oh, crap. That was my wake up call that we were just really focused on the revenue piece and we were just focused yep. on, all right, so how do we grow revenue? How do we get to these milestones which allow us to do these other things? And we weren't actually focused on how do we scale the business and how to how do we replicate what we do? Uh, so that was mine. And that was that was like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, so. Really close. Yeah. So before that, I, I had thought we were scaling and I in, a, in my head, that's what we were doing, but we weren't. And I, I hadn't had that real awakening yet. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's all an evolution, right? I mean, when it comes down to building a business, whether you're focused on uh, anything in there, I think at some point there has to be the transition of going from, all right, I'm doing this to replace an income versus doing this to actually create something that's a lot 
bigger than, than we can currently see. And I think that happens to a lot of people unless you know you're a, a company that comes out and goes, I'm going to create this product and this product is going to freaking sell. I mean, then you got to come out a little different way. But I think most of us come out of corporate America and we're looking to build some sort of service type thing. And I would say most of us came out and didn't really know what the hell our business was going to be. We just kind of made it up as we went along. And uh, I forget who said it on LinkedIn. They're like, you know, the third or fourth business idea is the one that finally hits. And I think, you know, I could say that's absolute truth for me um, because I tried a lot of things coming up to this point. And I think that that's kind of where we're at is, holy shit, we actually have something that's working that could really be something. And I think that's we're just in a cool place now of figuring out how to get it dialed in and get the right clientele and be able to put this thing together properly. I mean, if you look at our two fastest growing regions between DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth area and Atlanta, you know, we're really getting our ideal client base put in place, you know, through the market. And it's really helping us get us the whole company dialed into things, but it all comes back to, you know, getting your priorities yep. right, getting everything dialed in to the right times. I, I like that you brought up the whole product-based company for a little bit for scaling. And that is scaling a product-based company is completely different. Yeah. And it has completely different headaches and issues than a service-based company. You know, for the product-based company, you have that added headache of, all right, so how do I uh, keep up with uh, with vendors for being able to provide me the right materials? You know, I have all that piece stuff coming in. Then you have the whole manufacturing, the logistical supply chain and manufacturing stuff, and then distribution that you have to figure out how do I support distribution to a much wider market uh, that is, is a whole nother layer of complexity. You know, for uh, for a service model where we're providing service, we're basically kind of selling air. For us, I, I think really the focus is how do we add on people that are able to do things at the right time? Uh, we don't have to worry about, oh, God, where are we going to get uh, the next shipment of stuff from that we can right. keep building? Uh, and it's... It, so it's a little bit different. I almost think scaling for a service model could be a little bit easier, but it's a little bit more complex because you don't have, and it's more complex in its own right, because you don't have the same specific uh, standards and processes that you have to have for a product-based. Yeah, I would say that. I, I think managing multiple vendors like that would be a lot tougher than what we're trying to do. I think it... The struggle for a lot of service-based business, though, is figuring out what the business actually is and then getting that dialed into. And that's where the struggle comes from. And uh, I don't know. I just think a lot of us try out the gate to try as many different ideas as we possibly can to see, you know, how much shit you can throw against the wall and see what sticks. So, um, but that's why I'm, I'm excited to bring on, you know, Clara to talk a lot about, you know, how, you know, you should be dialed into your world, how you should really take initiative and uh, be focused on your business. Um, it was a fun conversation with her as we walked uh, through all the different things to be just laser focused on your business. And let's be honest, get shit done in the right order at the right times. And uh, hopefully some cool tactics to help us 
be more focused on business in general. Success Champion Networking has been by far the coolest project we've ever built. You know, bringing together like-minded, badass CEOs and business owners that are rapidly growing and scaling your business. When you do networking the right way, you can't help but, you know, open doors for others, help others build their businesses, and they help you build yours. You know, it's time that networking got an upgrade. And with Success Champions Networking, we've literally changed and solved the problem of what most people hate about networking. You know, no multi-level marketing, you know, no scams. You know, you've got to be a legit badass to be a part of these groups. So if you're looking to up your game, grow your business, scale and go bigger, come hang out at successchampionnetworking.com. All right, this is going to be another fun one. Uh, if you're listening along the episode, this is back-to-back freaking speakers that spoke at the Badass Business Summit. We just had Hannah Chapman on, and she freaking rocked us out with their money stories. But this lady showed up to the Badass Business Summit, put on an orange jumpsuit, and took us to prison, man. It was freaking amazing. The feedback we got was absolutely uh, awesome. No, uh, I told you how to, to break it. out of prison is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, either way. No, I'm kidding. kidding. Um, but uh, she's going to hear. I'm stoked to bring her in to talk about uh, being intentional. So let's dive right in. Clara, what the hell does it mean to be intentional specifically in your business? All right. Well, first of all, let's talk about what it looks like to not be intentional. When we are not intentional, we work on accident. That's where we get reactive. You know, people start taking over our times, our schedules, and our businesses and our lives are no longer our own. That is what leads us to burning out and to losing our passion, losing our footing in our business, and really achieving our goals. So hold on, hold on. I, I'm already going to jump in because I want to unpack that right. a little bit. You, you, because you hit a really cool point that the more you allow people to take your time, the faster you're going to burn out. Tell me more mm-hmm. about that. You know, our time is so precious, and it is the most valuable commodity that we have. And we teach people how to treat us by what we allow them to do to us. And with time, you know, we cannot get more time. And we have to start thinking about time as an investment, just like we do with our money. If I were to go and spend $1,000 in my business, I would expect a certain return on that investment. We need to do the same thing with time. Start looking at where are we investing our time? Who are but Clara, we all these people want to save the world. They 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 want to help everybody. I mean, you, yeah. you're supposed to be a good person and help everybody. Mm-hmm. And now okay. you tell and us get, not to. And I get that. And I know you're playing with me. And I get that. <laughs> and what we need to do is look at that, but look at the ripple effect. You know, my goal is to impact a million people this year. But I need to understand that as I go out there and impact the world, it's the ripple effect. Because when I speak in front of 10 people, those 10 people are going to leave there and interact with 10 people and 10 people and 10 people. So yes, you can save the world. You know, you can have impact with others by really working on the people that you truly need to serve. Because when you add value to them and you really create that, again, that impact, that internal transformation inside of them, it's going to enhance their relationships with the others that they work with. So just because I may only interact with a hundred thousand people, I'm still going to impact a million. 
so how do I stay more intentional with my time? Right. So mm -hmm. we, we, we run and gun a million miles an hour, like anybody who's running an honest business mm -hmm. and not creating a shitty job for themselves. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things that need to be done. Mm -hmm. uh, most times it's faster to do it your damn self versus pawning off on a team member or the likes. Yeah. Uh, so how do you get more laser focusedly intentional? Yeah. So there are several strategies that I, I teach people. Um, one of them is what I call bubble time. And it's pretty bubble simple time. concept is you want to create tight bubbles of focused attention. So if I'm setting it out, let's say for an hour, what I'm going to do is for the first 45 minutes of that hour, I am going to work with no distractions. Because when we get distracted, we start getting into that multitasking, which first of all, doesn't exist. And it ends up taking us twice as long to get something done with three times greater error. So for 45 minutes, I am in work mode, no distractions. Then at the 15 minute mark or at the 45 minute mark, I step out and I have 15 minutes to address whatever it is I need to address. And then I can go back into another bubble time. When I started implementing this almost overnight, I went from working about 14 hour days down to 10 hour days, which was still a lot, but that was early on in my career and I had to pay my dues, but I use it in every aspect of my life. And that is one of the best ways because we can get so much done when we are not distracted. So the distractions are not going away. We've got to be better at managing those distractions. So that's one strategy. The second so thing- uh -huh. Yeah, we'll, we'll pack on and pack all three. Just don't let me forget because I will squirrel out. I know me, but <laughs> so an hour's worth of time seems like a massive amount of time. Like if I assign an hour's worth of time towards something, I'm that that's asking a lot. Mm -hmm. I break most things down in about 15 minute increments for me. Yeah. Um, uh, still same ideals and same belief. I like the, the term bubble time just because it's mm -hmm. fun to say, but um, uh, it is, is yes. Same concept applies to, to, to micro windows versus. Mm -hmm. So I, I think though, for you, Donnie, because of the ADHD thing, you need the smaller time frame just mm -hmm. to stay focused. You Absolutely. need to condense sure. it into that piece. You know, when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, that's genius. Cause I can get 45 minutes with no, no Facebook, no messages, no texts, no email going on where I can dive into building out our next automation or designing the training for the new onboarding program for the members. I'm like, that's genius, mm -hmm. you know? And, but for my mind, I can do a bigger time frame. Yes. And stay focused. And I love that you brought that up, Kevin. So thanks so much for doing that. Cause yes, you have to find a pattern that works for you. The reason I came up with the 45 on 15 off is by studying the brain because in general, the brain works at its optimal level in that time frame. We're well, not there's my problem. There's no nothing general about my ass. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, oh, I so, thought you were going to say there's nothing optimal about you. Yeah. You know <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the thing is you've got to, again, find the pattern that works for you. For some of you, it's going to be 30 minutes. And, you know, so again, you've got to find it. But the idea is when you are in your focus time, you've got to be focused. So that's. That's one of the strategies that has worked best, best for a lot of my clients in putting it together. I love it. Focus is number one. What's number two? Um, next one is you've got to ask yourself a couple questions. And this is what I sort of refer to as checks and balances. Because the truth is you can't do everything. 
So you need to start asking yourself, if I choose to do this new activity, what is it that I have to not do? And you have to start looking at those to see if it makes good business sense. If it makes good business sense or it's a health or a family issue, you go address it. But by just taking a moment, I kind of refer to it as the Twix moment. If you've ever seen the commercials for the Twix candy bars, they always say, eat the second one and give yourself time to think. You know, you've got to just stop and ask yourself, if I say yes to this, what am I have to say no to? And that starts to put it in perspective of if you should go down this route or not that route. So that's just another sort of checks and balances. Kevin, put what in. was it that Keenan said in the, in the episode earlier? It was it start, stop. Uh, he had a whole acronym. I was trying to find So, it. yeah, the, in their operations meeting, when they get their team together, they would talk about uh, things, you know, things we need to continue doing. You know, what are we doing that we need to keep doing? What do we need to stop doing because it's not a good use of our time or resources? And then what do we need to start doing? Start, stop, keep. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, I think it's, I think it's important to look at those because then again, you can weigh them and say, you know, if doing this, is it going to move me towards my goals or away from my goals? So you have to start having those checks and balances in. Right. Because we only get 24 hours in a day. So, so <laughs> if you take something on, something's going to, you know, pay for it anyways. You have to. You cannot say yes to something without saying no to something. So you have to be more keen on intentional with that. Another really great strategy, and this takes a little bit of tracking and some time to get to, but you need to start knowing what your dollar per hour is. You know, we are CEOs, regardless of if we're independent contractors or whatever, we are CEOs of our business and our life. And you need to start knowing what your dollar per hour is, because when you know what your value is, you start making really good decisions about how you're investing that time. Um, I have seen people all the time, they're running across town delivering things and their dollar per hour is $700 an hour. And I'm like, you just spent almost $1,500 delivering this thing that you could have hired a courier for 20 bucks. You right. know, we need to make better decisions and, but we've got to know the value of that time. Cause then you can start again, making those better decisions. Even for me with speaking gigs, my first inclination is, oh yeah, I'm going to take it because I want the paycheck. But then I have to think about, is it my target audience? How long is it going to take me to travel? What is it going to take me away from? Because sometimes the cost is not worth the paycheck when I start looking at it and how I have to invest my time. Well, you should so. put that on a t-shirt. The cost is not worth the paycheck. I like I that. That's a good that. phrase. That's, That's a good, good phrase. phrase. You heard it so. here first. So. <laughs> so, but Whole in, in a, new presentation for her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll write that down. Yeah. Right. So when you're talking, you know, intentionality, there's, there's just so many things, especially new business owners will squirrel out on because they're doing all the things, right? Literally mm -hmm. they're, they're everything that happens within their companies. They're still solopreneuring it and they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the tier, how, or what should get done? How do they decide what they should be more intentional about you know it's they have to first and foremost understand your first two years are going to be the hardest those yeah, are they the fucking suck. you just have to do it so you're going to have to suck it up on some level and just understand that you do it but i think again always coming back to what is the the true vision what is the true goal and is doing this moving me towards that or away from it and you have to start to again prioritize and start to think about you know 
if all of these things are the things I want to accomplish this year, let's talk about the next 90 days, you know, and I think doing that, but I think the bigger challenge, you know, for them is again, looking at, you know, how they're showing up each day. And again, doing some of the things like the time blocking, because if they're going in and just working 12 or 14 hour days, they still have to take purposeful breaks in between to keep themselves energized because they can go 12 hours straight for some time, but it's not sustainable. And that's where they're going to get burnout. So for them, intentionality may not necessarily be on the, the business aspects. Intentionality might be on purposeful breaks. I, I agree with that. Uh, you started going down the path of vision a little bit. And I want to explore a little bit more because I think most small business owners, one of the biggest things that's kicking their ass in business is they don't actually know where they're going. They don't mm -hmm. know what they're creating. I had uh, somebody reach out to me yesterday on LinkedIn and he says he's trying to turn his side gig into a full-time deal. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, so what's the business you're building? And he said it was a marketing firm like so many people do and that don't know what their business is yet. They're going to do marketing. Mm -hmm. um, but he freaking, uh, and I said, okay, so why this? What are you building? What are you doing? And he said, well, I need to make enough money that I can leave my job and take care of the family. In which I replied, that's, you're not going to, it's not going to work. I said, because you're trying to build a business to make money. You can't build a business to make money. A business mm -hmm. will make money, but if you build it with the sole intent of making money, you're going to lose. Right. So I don't think a lot of people actually know what they're creating, where they're going, mm -hmm. you know, what they're trying to do, how it's going to impact other people. Uh, do you see the same thing playing out when you're speaking of intentionality and, and yeah. would you agree? I, I think that is so true. And I think too many people, again, let the dollar drive them. And that's not what most of us don't want more stuff. And I think, again, it starts with, again, creating what do you even want your life to look like? Because your business has to support the vision that you want for your life. And then again, thinking, because even at the heart of it, you know, even let's just take a marketing company again, what is at the heart of it? Is it helping people have better communication? Is it, you know, doing that? So for me, you know, my why is again, all about impact. So, you know, it's to motivate and inspire people to their greatness daily. So everything I do has to fit into that vision. You know, every talk I do, every piece that I write, is it fitting into that vision? But it took a lot of work, you know, sitting down and really going deeper and creating the vision of my life. You know, if I want flexibility, if I want to be able to be, again, you know, control my time, if I want to work from wherever, I have to think about that vision I want because that's going to transpire into the type of company then I can run. So I think they need to do, you know, a little bit of deep soul searching because again, you've got to really get clear on what the, what the meaning is behind the dollar because it's not the dollar. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think they have to have a definitive answer to how their business, the things they're building are truly impacting others. Because mm -hmm. if you don't know what the business is, you won't be able to sell anything in the first place. And so, mm -hmm. you know, for, for me in particular, I, it took me leaving corporate America and fucking everything up, trying to build a business to figure out what the business was. And mm -hmm. I do not recommend that path to anybody else because desperation money leads to short-term thinking. And I think that's what slowed a lot of my business growth over the years is there was such a state of desperation that I could only look for short-term solutions. So it was very hard to be intentional about anything because I needed money. And right. so it was that my intentionality was to get more money. And that 
led to a lot of transactional type things that were built and done and put into place. Mm -hmm. When you step back and actually can see where you're going, what you're creating, what you're doing, now you can start looking at more of a long-term game plan and Mm -hmm. be intentional about working towards that. So not only do you need to have the vision of your personal life, you need to have a massive vision for your business and what you're creating. So you can be just as intentional working towards that as well. And I think to piggyback on that, it's also, again, you have to know what problem you're solving. Yes. You know, because that again, brings it in. And so that helps you again, make the decisions of if I do this, is it sticking true to the problems that I know I can help solve? So I think a lot of that comes in and just, you know, speaking to your story, I think a lot of people do that. And again, you also have to know that the way that you show up is going to change over time, you know, and you're going to transform and you're going to morph. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, the money it is when I got divorced and became a single mom and went from making a six figure income to starting my business and making nothing. Yeah. Money was important. (laughs) You you have to do that. But, you know, sometimes you have to just understand that this is how it's going to be for this year. But what I did is I did the transactions, but then I banked away the money so that I had a landing pad so that after the first year, I could be more intentional because I had sort of my savings set up to protect me. Yeah, I think that is really key. That whole concept of what is your vision? You know, where are you trying to get to? A lot of the small businesses we bring into the champion's table, their vision is for like nine to 12 months. Mm-hmm. And and it's really getting them to think bigger, uh, you know, at, all right, so what, what's it going to be look like in five years? And Donnie and I even went through this with a success champion, networking success champions of, you know, we need to think bigger. We need to be thinking about what we want this to be like in five years so that we are intentionally building things that can get there as opposed to just being ultra reactive to the marketplace, which is what we were at the beginning of and just trying things and seeing what would stick. Mm-hmm. And becoming much more proactive on how we're how we're doing things, and so I, yeah. I think that vision is so key. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that. It does, and I think they miss out on it because it takes time, and they want the quick answers and they mm, want it fixed right now. Um, so again, doing that. But then I also think you know, even though we can create a vision for five or ten years from now, knowing that that can change too, and that's okay. Yep. And that it's always going to be, you know, testing and fixing and all of this. You know, Donnie, I know one of your big things that you talk about is you want to break it because when you break it, you can make it better. So knowing that that's going to be a part of it, but they do, they have to invest time beforehand. So many people just jump into it, not thinking with a business mind, you know, they put a plan together so they can get their small business loan and that's it. But they don't really think again about where do they want their clients to come from? What are the core actions they need to do? What are their days need to look like? And then the bigger question, Going right back are to the they willing to do it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the few things I actually did right when I when I did my big pivot with time on target uh, after I got back from the deployment was thinking about, all right, so what if you know, I realized that the speaking thing for me was just now made me the product and I was not, I just had a really cool job. And so my thought process is like, well, what do I do that can actually, you know, how do I help people? What, you know, how do I make it so it's a business? And my vision was I wanted to help businesses not screw up the sales process. And I wanted to help salespeople when they came into a business actually have a great experience where they could succeed and be successful. 
And then I built the whole consulting concept around it. You know, that vision for time on target is still there, but I don't do all the same consulting anymore. You know, I've really niched into really specializing in the automation and the process development piece, as opposed to touching on all the parts of running a sales organization. And Mm -hmm. now I bring in people for that. But that vision, if I didn't have that vision of what I wanted to actually do and how I wanted to help, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have created that that new iteration of time on target. I would have had something else that probably would not have been as fun for me and it'd been exciting for me to talk to people about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I love for the longest time I really, really, really struggled with this idea of a massive vision. And I heard guys like Gary Vee say, I'm gonna buy the Jets, or Tom Bill, you say I'm gonna, you know, uh be the next Disney. And, you know, and these are just such massive endeavors for these guys. And I couldn't understand that why they would set something so damn lofty until it hit me is the goal is not to actually cre- uh, complete that vision per se. It's the effort and work and the the stuff you learn trying to get there and you know it really made me change my dynamic of what i'm building and you know my biggest purpose in life now is to get as many people to freedom as we possibly can through building a business and to to impact as many people as i can actually impact you know i've got to build something that rivals tony robbins and his Mm -hmm. 101 companies and the things that he's done uh because he's just built one hell of an empire you know, and I tell everybody, you you could put me at the helm of Tony Robbins companies and I'd fuck it up royally. Right. I, I don't have the skill set. I don't have the mental game. I don't want, I don't have the knowledge of the skills to be able to pull that off. But knowing that that's where I need to go now, my my intentionality becomes, OK, now it's a, some sort of skill acquisition, acquisition Absolutely. game. Right now I can go learn the things that I need to learn to be able to get to that level. And the more for me as I break down everything's a skill and everything can be learned, uh, things become more fluent in understanding and learning for me. And uh, so it's the idea of I think that vision really pushes you if you know what you're creating, what the impact is, what you're doing, and then being completely intentional about what are the things you need to learn to actually pull that off. Yeah. And I love that concept. I refer to it as acting as if, again, you get the vision of, you know, who it is you want to become. And then you start acting as if you're that person today. So again, if I want my show to be on Netflix, you know, what does someone who has a show on Netflix do? So every day it's, what am I doing the right activities to create that vision? you know, and to do those things. And again, just making sure. So it's just really, again, getting clear. And so my days are run. I know the 10 things that I need to do each week. And if I do these things, I will step in to create the vision. So every week it's, do I have time blocked for these intentional activities? Yeah, I love that. I would also add into intentionality for me that habits are a huge thing because You know, because of Champions 90 in particular, you know, my morning walks are a thing now. You know, they're yeah. they're stuck. They're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm continuing to do it on. And being the, the, the thing that got me moving originally was I needed to lose a few pounds, which led me up to start doing the morning walks podcast and then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the writing and everything. I would argue that I stumbled into that and it wasn't necessarily intentional maybe the outcome 
Mm-hmm. How much does reflection play into intentionality? For me, I believe it's extremely important to take time to reflect because I can go out there and do all of these things and say, I'm working with intention and I'm doing these 10 things that I need to do. But if I'm not getting the right results, I won't know that unless I am tracking, measuring and reflecting on them. So I think one, you know, reflection can look at again, am I getting the right results that I want? But then also the reflection of, you know, am I living as the person that I want? You know, am I truly, you know, delivering the impact that I want? So I think, again, you have to keep checking in with yourself because we're not perfect. You know, we do fall off track. And I think it's important that we do take stock. You know, one of the questions I love to ask myself each week when I sit down and do a weekly business plan with myself is, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how was last week? You know, what could I have done differently to make it closer to a 10? Because I have to, you know, constantly pay attention to these. Kevin loves those charts like that, by the way. Those (laughs) are his favorite things in the world. Mm -hmm. But I think doing that, and I think reflection can also be, again, just getting quiet time. Again, it could be listening to other books because the idea is we always want to be leveling up, you know, in whatever way we can. And if we don't start seeing, you know, where we are in relation to where we want to go, you know, it's hard to get there because it's just like a plane. You know, you think about a plane, they're blown off track every second. They're always one degree off you know, well, if we're one degree off, where are we going to end up? So we have to do the reflection to make sure that we're coming back and staying on course. Yeah, love that. Um, And then the last thing that I want to talk about just two seconds is being intentional by who you surround yourself with. I had a fascinating conversation with a person today, actually, um, and they're working in a co-working space. And I got nothing against co-working per se, Other than the fact that the people in the co-working space, if you're in one of those and you're sitting with people in a co-working space, the people in there better be aiming bigger or as big as you're aiming. Because typically in a co-working space, you get a lot of solopreneurs that are trying Mm -hmm. to create jobs for themselves and not companies. And this person I was talking to, uh, the way they were describing their business, and I knew they had a massive vision, but the way they were describing it, you know, he actually said, you know, I had, I, I need, my next client needs to be a company with about a hundred employees. I said, tell me about the last deal you closed. And he said it was for a company with 5,000 employees. And I'm like, why do you need a company with a hundred employees when you just sold a deal of 5,000? And he goes, I don't know where that came from. I'm like, look around your office because he's in a co-working <laughs> mm-hmm. space and they're all small thinking type people. And I'm like, dude, you've got to be intentional and get around people that are thinking big. So you think big. Exactly. And that, uh, I mean, in all honesty, you know, for the selfish plug here, that's why I joined Success Champions. Because again, I needed to get with other people who were ahead of me because I need to learn from them so I can cut my learning curve in half, you know, and you got to think about, you know, a flower or a plant. If it's not growing, you don't change the plant, you change the environment, you know? And so you have to constantly think about, again, you know, who are you spending time with? And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, kick people out of your world. But when it comes to certain areas, you know, for me and my business, like I love my family. I have an amazing family, but they're not on the same playing field as I am professionally. So I can hang out with them and do that. But when it comes to me really wanting to up my game and get my business goals, I've got to go and surround myself with people who are where I am or higher because that's my trajectory. I would I would challenge the thought, just one little tweak on that thought. 
is you want to be the smallest fish in the room, every room you walk into it, because when you're oh, the yeah. smallest fish, uh, it, it, it forces you to fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you're the smartest person or the biggest fish in the room, you're in the wrong room. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Clara, we could talk to you all day, girl. This has been yeah. a blast. I love the energy behind it all. How do people find you? You know, the best place to go is just my website, which is just claracapano.com. And I have access to all my shows, my information, all my speaking and everything there. Beautiful. Well, thank you, my dear, for hanging out with us. Always a pleasure. Always a blast. And guys, keep a lookout for her because she is talking all over the damn place. Every time I turn around, she's talking at another event and just crushing it. So yeah. well, uh, thank you. And I look forward to seeing you in September at the conference. Absolutely. Badass Business Summit. We're coming 23, September 20th through the 24th in Fort Worth, Texas. How's that for a plug? Like so, it. <laughs> well, thanks for being on, babe. All right. Bye. All right. That was a cool conversation. Hanging out with Clara. Dude, bubble time. I mean, you geeked out on that. Yeah, I really like that. And that I and I think that's gonna be a big thing for me. And I've actually uh since we recorded that started uh playing with that a little bit and seeing how it works for me and when my best times are to have bubble time. Uh it, but because for me, I get I'm very reactive. If I get any sort of stimulation during the day for messages or emails, I will be like, ooh, squirrel, I gotta go do this thing. <laughs> Uh, and uh, focus on that. It's like, oh, we, we, we need to do this. I'm like, all right, let me take care of that. And so like my big stuff where I need like set time to where I can just focus and do things, I end up doing that at night or on the weekends when I know no one's going to bother me. <laughs> and uh, then the only, then my only competition is me squirreling out. And it's like, ooh, I should go do laundry. Uh, but that's <laughs> easier for me to control <laughs> than, than the uh, random conversations during the week. So I'm really excited about that because I think the whole concept of turning stuff off, even if I only do it like an hour a day, you know, that gives me an hour that I can focus on my big things, you know, like uh, some revamps that we want to do on some of our automations and building out some new stuff that we want to do, working on stuff for the badass business summit that I can knock out. And then I can have that, oh, I got this one really cool thing done today that's going to keep us moving forward. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, I'm going to stick with my routines, but I did like the thought of the whole bubble process. And I think for a lot of people, they're going to really lean into it uh, because it makes sense to to do everything. I think it would drive me a little bit bonkers. But well, uh, and it's funny for someone that is not process and structure oriented. You really like your routine. Routine you have is a very uh design laid out process for how you do your day maybe it's it's the um just the 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 wording itself of being routine but i just like knowing what's coming up next in in doing things now does that mean i always get the things done that i need to get done fuck no because i don't follow a process and i think that's the <laughs> difference is, is if it was an actual process and it, I mean, you could make the argument that what I like my mornings could be a process because my mornings pretty much are the same every morning. Um, but I still feel more like it's a routine because I think if it was more of a process than after that morning was done, the rest of my day would follow suit. And my day kind of takes a life of its own, you know, once it gets going with some meetings thrown in here and there. But, uh, uh, I do like routines. They, they, they keep me out of trouble and keep things <laughs> rocking and rolling. 
But and I would say if I didn't have routine, dude, I couldn't get the social media done that I get done. You know, there's just a lot of social media get done. So. But guys, yeah, and, that, and that's that's totally one of the things that I'm going to try working on with the bubble time is potentially looking at all right. So how do I do more social media? You know, how do I maybe I spend that hour one day a week doing. Uh, a cool carousel on Canva that I can then post and do stuff in so that I can have that focus time. Because uh, I was working on a can, uh, a carousel last week for two days. Oh, Jesus. And it was, and it wasn't, I wasn't working on it straight. It wasn't like I sat in front of my computer for two days. All I did is try and make this carousel. It was literally, I'd be working on it and then something would happen. And then I'd have a meeting and then I'd come back and I'd do a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I am never going to get this damn thing posted. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thinking that type of stuff will help me get some of those things done where it's, I can't do it in piecemeal. And I see I some of those things. I, I wonder if it's just because I've done it so many times, but like I created a carousel this morning in 15 minutes. I hate you. I absolutely <laughs> hate you. I mean, well, I really did. If you go look at, you know, at LinkedIn and everything. You'll see it out there. It just, you just think too much. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> very much so oh not too funny but guys i hope you got a ton of value out of this one it was a lot of fun sitting down with miss clara make sure you head over to her website go say hi to her and follow around she's doing a ton of speaking across the u.s right now so odds are you'll see her on her stage very close to you uh in the very near future um do us a favor please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this if you're on youtube please subscribe ring that bell and share this out with one person and and that would mean the world to us man as we continue to try and grow the show and reach more audiences we we love and appreciate all the feedback and comments so as always love you mean it see you bye when i created success champions it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.